0: will affect your faith. We, we've already preached about faith. I've already preached about faith, right? Remember faith was a couple weeks ago? I've already preached about faith. So your praise will affect your faith. In Second Chronicles, this, this message came from Solomon. And it talked about it was talking about when he when he finally got his dad uh, gathered up all these goods and all these building supplies that he could build this temple. His, uh, King David couldn't do it because he had too much blood on his hands. Amen? You know the part of the story? I'm going to try to quit saying, are you following me? I'm going to say amen. I'm going to replace my word, Brother Stephen. My go-to word I'm going to try to replace. I'm going to make an effort. Um, So anyways, it it talked about the... the the holiest of holies. And on the wall, they had two gold cherubims on the wall. And, and their wingspan, this, this room was 20 cubits, right? 20 by, I believe it was 30 cubits. I don't remember the, the actual dimensions, but it was a good sized room because a cubit was from a man's finger to his form. They consider that 18 inches. So 20 cubits would have been a pretty good sized room. 20 by 30 would have been a pretty good sized room. Well, these cherubims are standing up there, and, and their wings are 10 cubits each. So one wing touched one corner, the Bible says, and one wing was stuck out like this, and the other cherubim, his wing touched that wing. And his other wing went to the other corner. Are you following me? So, amen. amen. So, 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 it got me thinking about this. How did Solomon know this? How did Solomon know what these cherubims look like? Think about it. It talks about them several times in the Bible. I knew it talked about in Revelations. I didn't realize, or I didn't remember, that it it talks about them in in Genesis also. God put cherubims at the gate of the Garden of Eden, right, to keep them out of the Garden. It talks about cherubims in in Exodus. It talks about cherubims all through the Bible. So God just intrigued me with that. And sometimes when when you're preparing to preach, I wasn't even really trying to prepare to preach. I was listening to my audio Bible, and this just jumped out at me about these cherubims. So I, w- I got to reading about cherubims and studying about cherubims and trying to learn what I can learn, and I was still looking for a message, so I was like, all right, God, what am I going to talk about cherubims? I can't just, I don't know enough about cherubims to go talk about them for 20 or 30 minutes. I can't preach on just cherubims, right? So, so I was wondering how he knew what they looked like and all these things about them I wondered about, and then I was here at church on Wednesday night, and that's late in the week for me to get my message. I like to get it earlier in the week, right? Or I like to have two or three in a row where I know what I'm going to preach out weeks in advance. And I know what my next ones are going to be, but I can't tell you all this yet because I'm afraid you won't show up to church. (laughs) So come out and you'll find out, right? So so, um, I was here Wednesday night and we sang that song right there. You're a good, good father. It's who you are and it's who I am. So we praise God for who he is and we praise God for what he's done. He is a good, good father, but he's provided everything for me. He provided his son Jesus Christ as a, as a, a sacrifice that I could be saved that I can come through the blood of Jesus Christ and be saved and be forgiven of my sins and reconciled back with God, right? And a, che- a cherubim is a winged angelic being that's often associated with worship and praise of God, right? In Revelation, the cherubim stands there at the altar of God. And what's he say? Holy, 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 holy. Holy, holy. That's over and over again. All the- we're talking about eternity right holy 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 he just he just stands there and praises god telling god how holy is and i said okay god i got it i i, I finally get it god i'm preaching on praise this week right even brother stephan came up here and he was talking about uh, he was talking about praise and i forget what he said exactly remember what it was that that blessings. blessing yeah prayers go up bless, so he was saying basically that blessings follow follow our our praise but it doesn't spell that out exactly in the Bible word for word, but it does because it says that God inhabits the praises of his people, right? And if you read that scripture that he was talking about a little later in, they were blessed because they were praying. Because they were praising, I mean to say. It doesn't spell it out, but, but blessing does follow praise, right? Were you, were you praising this morning? Were you blessed because of it? If, if God inhabits the, the praises of his people, that should be blessing enough right there. Just to have an encounter with the Almighty God, right? But, but it goes further than that, right? We're back to the basics today, right? Prayer and praise. Philippians 4, 6, and 7 says this. Be anxious for nothing. Leave this up for a while because I I have some definitions here and I want to cover some things here. Be anxious for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your request be made known to God. Now let's, let's give some definitions here. This word anxious here, if you're reading the King James, If you're in the King James, it says, be careful, right? These two words, uh, they they can interchange with each other. Be careful and and anxious, right? Because to to be careful, the King James uses, when you look it up in the Greek, it means to to be anxious. It means that to be anxious, to be troubled with cares, to be careful, right? That means we're full of cares, right? So he's saying, be full of cares for nothing. Don't care about anything. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. The problem comes... And we don't care. That's what he's saying, right? When you're faced with a problem, when you're feeling anxious, when you're feeling anxiety, stop worrying about that thing. Mm -hmm. Don't care about that thing. You're saying, well, preacher, that's easy enough to say, but how do I do that? Because my mind runs wild. It runs rampant with this problem, whatever it is in your life, that that plagues you, and I worry about this thing constantly. Now, how do I get to where I don't care about it? I'm going to show you that. It's right here in the scripture, right? It's right here. I'm going to show you in other scriptures. The Bible says, in the mouth of two or three witnesses, Right? So I'm going to show you a few scriptures today that's going to show you that same thing, how to not care about this thing. So in verse 6 also it says, but so, so care for nothing, be anxious for nothing, or don't worry about it. Nothing, but in everything, by prayer, we know what prayer is, right? Everybody knows what prayer. That's, that's communication with God. That means we go to God before God, and we talk to God, right? By prayer and supplication, supplication is making requests to God. Are you following me? That's like if I came before a judge and I said, your honor... Would you please grant me this request? That would be supplication, right? We know what those words mean. So with thanksgiving, I want to break this one down here for a little bit more for you. With thanksgiving, thanksgiving in the Greek means thankfulness, the giving of thanks, gratitude. It means actually grateful language. This is all in the Greek, actually a grateful language. And it says in parentheses, get this, to God as an act of worship. To God, That word right there means an act of worship to God. So when we're in here praising God, we're being thankful to God for who he is and what he's done. Yeah. Now, you follow me? Mm-hmm. You, you got this so far? Yeah. So, so we're not to worry. And how are we not to worry? <coughs> By giving it to God in prayer with supplication. I'm, we're focusing on the problem. Yeah. When I give it to God, I'm focused on the problem. God, this is my problem. And here it is. Yeah. And I give it to you. Yeah. I'm laying on the altar. I'm putting on the dash of my car. I might drop it in the shower. Wherever I'm talking, I can talk to God anywhere. He's everywhere all the time, right? Wherever I'm talking to God, God, this is the issue that's at hand, and I give it to you. And I'm not going to worry about this problem anymore, God. But instead, I'm going to praise you. I'm going to thank you. Are you following me? Because if you're thinking God, it takes your mind somewhere else totally, right? It takes your mind off focusing on the problem to knowing that God is in control of everything, and he has control of the problem anyway he's our source of everything remember what it said remember what it said in the book of Psalms really we read in Psalms 100 we're just the sheep in his pasture right he's our source for everything all, all the time anyway the Bible says don't care don't be anxious don't be careful don't care for the problem but instead pray and be thankful and worship and praise right don't focus on the concern give the concern to God and then walk away from it so give the concern to God and then praise him and then praise him and then praising and then pray and and keep it it has to be a continuous attitude of praising god all the time right focus on god as our source god is the solution god is in control and then verse 7 says this you think this was by accident he said this next no No. it was all breathed by god god doesn't make accidents and the peace of god right so when you give it to god And then you praise God for it. And then what happens next is the peace of God which surpasses all understanding. I can't even understand how great this peace is. I can't understand where it came from, but I got it. I got it. It's on me. The peace of God that surpasses all understanding will guard your hearts and your minds through Christ Jesus. So when I'm busy praising God, it helps me to forget about the problem. And not that I'm just being irresponsible forgetting about the problem, but my faith is in God sometimes God gives me the things I got to do I'm not telling you don't do anything sometimes God gives me a job to go to and I I don't know how I'm going to make my bills just yet but when I'm giving God the problem are you following me and I'm going to work and I'm doing what I got to do but I'm praising him on my way there and I'm praising him while I am there and I'm praising him on my way home things happen because God's in control and I'm not focused on the problem anymore I don't care about the problem I know God's got the problem the ball's in his court now because I'm doing exactly what his word says and I'm spending time on his word instead of the problem guess what happens he guards my mind and my heart Amen. there's no room for worry when God's guarding my mind Amen. you think God guards your mind halfway? No. you think he guards your heart partway? No. he's God it says, when the enemy comes against us like a flood, he'll rise up his standard of protection. Can you imagine where God's standard is? His standard of protection is much higher than any. Sta- why do we waste time trying to figure it out ourselves? <laughs> Think about that. After knowing what the scripture right here means, why do you waste time trying to figure out how I'm going to pay that bill anyway, or whatever the issue is, whatever the problem? I'm just using the bill because we can see that. Whatever the problem is, why am I wasting my time worrying about that anyway? instead of giving it to God realizing he's got it he's in control and then praising him praising him not just for that one problem that I just handed to him praising him for that but praising him because he's my God praising him because he's my dad praising him because he sent Jesus to die on the cross for who he is for what he's done He wa- he's God almighty and he wants to be in a relationship with me should I not praise him just for that that should be enough to last me the next 40, 50 years right that should do it just right there so this peace is because we know that God's in control, right? And it guards our, our heart and our mind. And when we have our heart and our mind. Guard, you see, this is like a circle, isn't it? We can worry about the problem or we can give it to God, yeah. praise him. Then he protects the worry from us, yeah. takes it away. It's like a circle. It's a great circle to be in. Amen. I got a lot of notes today, so you all going to have to bear with me. A lot of notes in a little bit of time. Yeah. There's no Chiefs game on tonight. Pete Sharon's husband told me, he came into the the, uh, dinner this week, and he said, I had a bad dream last night. He said, I dreamed that the Chiefs were losing. And then I woke up, and it was true. (laughs) (laughs) So in this scripture right here, this was Paul writing to the Church of uh, of Philippi. uh, Paul tells us to pray, right? Prayer plus Thanksgiving, right? He tells us to pray plus Thanksgiving helps us to forget about those things. Jesus, you want to see what Jesus said about it? Let's look at the Lord's Prayer. Jesus said, if you don't know how to pray... Do it like this. This is an example laid out for, by Jesus Christ, Matthew 6, 9 through 13. If Jesus said it, maybe we could put a little stock in that, right? right. <clears throat> in this manner, therefore, pray, our Father in heaven, hallowed be your name. What did he start off by doing right there? Holy, what's that cherubim do? Holy, holy, holy. He's saying, holy is your name, God. Starts right off by praising God. As soon as he starts this prayer, he starts with a Praise addresses God greets God then starts right off in a praise right <clears throat> come on <clears throat> your kingdom come your will be done on earth as in, as in heaven right God honors the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man when he prays according to God's will right your will be done we want your we don't want just what I want done here God but I want what you want done we, she talked better talked about in the Sunday school lesson this morning anybody here for Sunday school you missed out you should have been here if you weren't here what do they talk about? Remember that? Your will be done. He cho- Joseph chose to saw it in a different way because man thought they had a, they thought that man thought they had a plan. His brothers were going to kill him. Then They were going to sell him into slavery, right? But God had a plan that was much bigger than that. They didn't even realize they were saving their own lives years down the road. That's why we pray for God's will to be done and not my own will because I, did, I can't see past the end of my nose. it said, we're looking right here. Right here. This is as far as we can see. And God knows what's ha- going to happen tomorrow. Come on, sis. <clears throat> Give us this day our daily bread. We're sheep in His pastures. We have to ask Him for a loaf of bread. Don't be so heady and high-minded to think that you can go get your loaf of bread on your own. You better ask God for it and ask Him what kind of bread you want. What He wants you to get when you get there. Are you following me? His will. Ask Him for your provisions. And twelve says, <clears throat> and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. We have. He has. Jesus is teaching us to ask for forgiveness. Yes. And give forgiveness. We, we preached about forgiveness last week. That was the whole message. And 13 says, <coughs> And do not lead us in the temptation, but deliver us from evil, from the evil one. For yours is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. So he's praying for himself. He, he, he asked for forgiveness of things he did right wrong. And then he asked for protection, not of his physical man, right? He asked for protection of his spiritual man. I need far more help with my spiritual man than I need with my physical man. If this physical man dies, I get to go to heaven. If my spiritual man falls back, I'm in deep, deep trouble. Are you following me? So we should be praying for ourselves spiritually. Spiritual for protect- I ask for spiritual protection for me and my family every day. Because we make thousands of decisions and there are people around us that influence us. And, and they're not always good decisions that we make. Right. I have to ask for prayer. I don't think I sin every day, but I have to ask for I have to ask for forgiveness quite often. And if I would quiet myself down and listen to this and listen to the Holy Ghost, because I know he protects me spiritually. If I would just listen, I wouldn't have to ask for forgiveness near as much. My pastor calls it eating crow. Not very good. Doesn't taste well. So but 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 real prayer, real prayer, like this kind of prayer that Jesus is talking about here. Real praise that we're talking about here today, real prayer and praise take work. It takes discipline, right? It's easy to come in and be half-hearted about something. It's easy to come in and hit your knees for 30 seconds, right? It's easy to come in half-heartedly praise God, maybe slip your hands up for a few seconds during the praise and worship songs. But it takes real discipline to to, to praise and pray all the time I'm talking about because we're not just talking about Sunday morning, Sunday etiquette. We're the best we're ever going to get right now. This is as good as it gets. Sunday morning, dressed up, everybody's clean, hopefully, right? On our best behavior, but when we leave out of here, it usually goes downhill from here, right? Are you following me? Good as it gets. So real prayer and praise are, are hard work, and it takes discipline. We have to discipline ourselves. We don't always feel like it, right? That's why it's called a sacrifice for praise. That's why the world, when something happens wrong in their life, what do they do? Pastor, we need prayer. Can you get us on that prayer line? And there's nothing wrong with that right there, but sometimes we've got to pray for ourselves. It's good that we can be in agreement with each other for what we've prayed, but sometimes you're going to have to do it by yourself. Sometimes there's going to be a time when, when you can't get a hold of the prayer warriors, right? But but they don't want to do that work themselves, right? So so they 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 don't want to put the time into those things. So they call on other people. I'm just talking about some people do this, right? I'm not talking about you all, surely, because all of you are working on your spiritual lives and right. Amen. I know you're not perfect in it because I'm not either. <laughs> so everyone who's saved, we all slip up. Is what I'm getting at. I'm I'm trying to make light of it a little bit, but but we all slip up. I don't mean to be too too uh, rude or crude but we all slip up sometimes and we all need to do better with this thing right I'm not saying that that we that we're totally lost but I know that we're not perfect and we're probably far from it so we need more work on it so everyone who's saved has the same authority has the same rights and has the same promises as those prayer warriors do right those prayer warriors that everybody likes to call on right some of you it might be grandma some of you it might be auntie. So it might be the ladies' group, call out the, the prayer warriors over there, so, and you all do a great job with that, uh, of praying for people. But just remember that you need to do that yourself also. There's going to be a time come that you can't get a hold of those people, yes. right? And so, so God honors the effectual, fervent prayer of a righteous man. Who's a righteous man? From the day that you're saved, from a brand new, I mean, just saved today, has the same authority and the same rights and the same promises as, as a spiritual giant, as someone who made it into the hall of faith in the Bible, right? But it comes down to the difference in their faith. In their faith we're talking about. So, so you have to put the time in. Those prayer warriors had to put the time in to having a relationship. And when you have a relationship with God, you grow your faith, right? Faith comes by hearing. I'm still talking about praising. I'm still talking about praising. This all goes together, though. Faith comes by hearing, hearing by the word of God. So, so when you put your time into a relationship, you grow your faith. Does it not? Just like we talked about earlier. Because I know that God's got this, and then when I see God have it, that's that's a relationship. That's a first hand experience when I see him, when I see that reciprocate. So when I when I grow my faith, I receive through my faith. I Taught you this two weeks ago. There will be a time that you can't get a hold of a prayer, warrior, right? That you'll have to do it on your own. We all need to be working on this relationship all the time. Right? Most of us thank God for the big things though. We thank God for, for food. We thank God for when, when someone gets healed. We thank God for the things that we think. Are big things, but, but what about the things we take for granted? What about our families, our spouses, our children, our church family? Think about that when 's the last time you thank God for your church family? Think uh, your, your testimony, what God's brought you out of? when's the last time you thank God for where He's brought you from? We could fall back just as quick as we came out of it. Think about it. When's the last time you thank God for that, though? Brother Stephan used to get me all the time. He, he may still do it. Maybe I just don't notice it, or I've, I've become accustomed to it. But he used to thank me for everything. He'd thank me for letting him work with the kids. He would thank you. When you got off the... To, Sister Tony said something when they first started dating. When you'd hang up the phone, he'd say thank you. <laughs> so thankful. It sounds funny, but he's so thankful. Not taking anything for granted, though. Yeah, right. That's an awesome attitude to have, an attitude of gratitude. Being thankful and praising God for everything right we get to do this we get to work with the young people you get to teach Sunday school classes sister Linda you get to be sitting in this church this morning living in a free country we don't have to worry about someone cutting your head off because we're preaching this word in here today you get to do that we should be thankful for that we should be praising God for that all the time do you always feel like praising no no we don't always feel like it that's why it's called a sacrifice of praise it's in those times that you don't feel like it that you do it anyway because you're disciplined you have to discipline yourself I can't discipline you I can tell you about it I can feed it to you I can say here it is this is how you do it this is the scripture it shows it right here the word of God I can show you all these things you can bring a horse to water but you can't make him drink you've got to discipline yourself to have that attitude to be thankful and to praise God all the time you got to push through these times when you don't feel like doing it right because you know that God's got this Even though I don't feel like it, even though I don't see it right now, I know God's got it anyway. So I'm going to go ahead and praise him because that's what I do. That's what I've conditioned myself to do. That's what I've When a runner doesn't feel like running, they get up and run down the highway anyway. Not because they feel like doing it, not because they can see that they need to do it today because they look down and they're in pretty good shape. But it's because they know that's what they do. Church, we need to be disciplined to praise God because that's what we do. Pray and give it to him because that's what we do, right? We have to know that he's in control all the time. <clears throat> Discipline to do it. And Acts 19 and 40, it says this. I didn't, I didn't, she didn't have it back there, but, but it says, it, Jesus said, if you won't praise him, that the rocks will cry out and praise him. Yeah. We have a rock about this big around leaning on a tree by our deck. My grandma brought it back from, y'all know my grandma Ethel, some of y'all do. She brought it back from Colorado. It's black and white speckled rock. It's a really cool looking rock, but it has that verse written on there. Acts 19 and 40, it says, if you won't praise him, I will. Church, that rock is not going to take my place. It's there by our deck as a reminder to continue to praise God. He's not going to take that rock there is not going to take my place. We must thank and praise God in all circumstances. It's not always going to go good. The Bible says it's not. It says the rains are going to fall on the just and the unjust. In all circumstances, we got to thank God and praise God anyway, just because we know he's got it. Not because of what we can see, but because of what we know, whether it's going my way or not. Right. That's what faith is. You can't always see the things of faith, right? I walk by faith, not by sight, right? 1 Corinthians 5, 7. No matter how it looks, I believe on him. Do what he said he's going to do. I believe for he's going to do what he says he's going to do. What his book says he's going to do. I believe on what his book says he's going to do, so I always praise him anyway, right? That's where we should be at. I'm not saying that I do because I slip and fall down too. We're in the same boat here. I'm not standing on a soapbox, right? It might look bad, but... I taught you about the holy but here a while back, didn't I? When things look one way, but but God's word says something else. And right at midnight, midnight's only for one second, you know it? And then it switches over from the p.m. to the a.m. Things start to look different after midnight, don't they? You start seeing that sun come up a little bit. You notice how there's a little bit of light that comes up for hours before it gets daylight midnight's only for one second and then it looks different it becomes am so and it's because the word of god says it's going to be different right but we must have the faith to trust and praise him through it right through the dark times look at paul and silas think about them this is a perfect example of it they were beaten with rods any of y'all ever studied out what it means to be beaten with a rod let me just tell you because i didn't figure you'd have the literature to find that but however I have some books that tell you what, what, what rod means and things so anyways when they beat them with a rod they, they would tie their feet up and they would pull them up in the air and they would hit them with a stick a rod and they would break they would do it until their feet were bleeding or until they were obviously broken so that would mean a bone a, a compound fracture a bone was sticking through the skin their feet were bleeding or or until they were maimed or crooked over sideways or something, until they were obviously broken. Now keep that in mind here, right? So they had been beaten with rods and then thrown into prison. Now these prisons didn't have plumbing. The prisons we have today are like a Hilton compared to what they are. These are medieval times, right? There was no plumbing. There was no light. They were down under the ground. Think about this. Now your feet have just been beaten until they're bleeding or broken, and they put you down in this place where there's no plumbing or light. You know what happens when there's no plumbing? People still go to the bathroom and there's no light. You get the picture. You can't see where it's at, but you've got these busted open feet. This is where these guys are at. And, and, and they command them to be put into stocks. Now, at this time, what the stocks that they were put in, you've seen the things with the two holes in the head deal you know, with your hands. Well, these stocks were stocks for their feet and they would have forced their legs to be spread open wide. So over being in there for a period of time, it would have put them in a great deal of pain, especially when they've just had their feet beat off like this. So we're going to read, uh, uh, oh, it was because they praised Though I forgot to put the scripture up. Do you have it back there? Uh, I didn't write it in my notes. Matthew, maybe. Is it in Acts? Let's see what it says. Is it about Paul and Silas? Give it to me. And when they had laid many stripes on them, this is talking about being beat by the rod, on them, they threw them into the prison, commanding the jailer to keep them securely. Now, this jailer right here, if he had let them go, if they would have escaped, they would have killed this jailer, right? The authorities would have killed the jailer. Come on, sis. Having received such a charge, he put them into an inner prison and fastened their feet in stocks. They weren't going to run anywhere. They were pinned out in there like this. It's hard to run like that, right? especially when your feet are, are beat up you can't crawl or anything like that I wouldn't imagine but but there's that holy butt right there but at midnight Paul and Silas were praying and singing hymns to God and and the prison prisoners were listening to them people are watching you all the time Amen. your praise of God will change your attitude it will change your outlook it will change what people see from you yeah. are you following me because they could have went through this time and said woe is me I could be worried about that bill and telling everybody about this bill that I got this problem about that I'm worried about. Or whatever, whatever your issue is, you can be worried about that thing and you can tell everything. Or you can praise God and tell everybody about that. Yeah. Everybody's watching you. Everybody knows that you come to this church. They know that you call yourself a Christian. What's your attitude? Do you have an attitude of gratitude? Or do you have the woe is me? They could have had that attitude in there. Come on, sis. Suddenly there was a great... Isn't that just like what happened in next 2? Suddenly, there, that's how the Holy Ghost makes the scene, right? That's how He comes in on the scene. Suddenly, the Holy Ghost showed up. There was a great earthquake, so that the foundations of the prison were shaken, and immediately all the doors were open. How long did it take when they were in there praising through the storm? Immediately, all the doors were open, and everyone's chains were loosed. Yeah. Wow. Can you imagine what they thought when everybody's doors flung open, the stocks fell off? Wow. Wow. Picture this picture. Suddenly, suddenly, and twenty-seven says this. And the keeper of the prison, awaking from sleep and seeing the prison doors open, supposing the prisoners had fled, drew his sword and was about to kill himself. What they would do in that day is they would put the handle of the sword on the ground and put it up under the ribcage and they would fall on their own sword to kill themselves. Because he knew they were going to kill him anyway. So he was going to put himself out of, out of his own misery. And, and, and I didn't put it in there, but if you read it in verse 28, Paul says, hold up a minute. Hold up. Don't kill yourself. We're all here and we're counting for See, Paul was so bold in this. He knew that God had this so much. He'd give the problem to God. Him and Silas would give the problem to God. and They were praising God through the storm. They were praising God past midnight. Paul said, they put me in here in public, and they can come down here and get me in public. I'm not leaving. In prison. The innermost part of the prison. No lights. You follow me? No plumbing. But Paul says, I'm not leaving. They put me in here in public. They can come back and get me themselves. And so they did. That's exactly what they did. And, Paul, and, and the jailer was saved through their testimony, right? Because what, they had seen, what he had seen and the boldness that Paul had, he knew was not like anybody else. Paul and Silas were praying, and this happened for him. He knew that God was real, right? Because, because he praised him anyway, though, right? It, it was not what they... Was, the jailer was saved. I, I, I almost missed this part. The jailer was saved. Then the, the officials came down and got Paul and Silas out of the prison. Then they went to the jailer's house, and his whole family was saved. Through their praise, because they praised, the jailer and his whole family was saved, and not to mention all the imagine the people in the jail that were touched. Didn't even talk about them, but it was because Saul, because Paul and Silas prayed anyway. It's not because of what they saw. They weren't they weren't praising because of what they saw because it looked like a bleak, dark place. It was of terrible conditions. It looked like they were doomed, probably going to be beheaded. That's what it looked like. They'd cut your head off for preaching the gospel, right? It wasn't because of what they saw, it wasn't because of what they feel, but they just knew the truth. They knew what was the truth was, they knew what, what the truth would be. So you know the, you know the true, what's true because of your relationship though, right? You have a relationship, you have a first-hand experience. It's kind of like if we all see an accident happen out here in the intersection, or if two or three of us do, and we come back inside and tell you. But someone else tells you a different version of the story. You might think, well, maybe he didn't see it right, or maybe he's lying to me, or maybe... He's got something to gain from it, or whatever the things we think of, right? You, you follow me? Whatever things we think of. But if you see it yourself, you have a firsthand experience. Now when someone tells you something about it, they can't change your mind about it because you saw it yourself. It's the same way with, with me, basically, because, because I have a firsthand experience with God. I've seen people saved. I've seen people's lives transformed. I've seen my life transformed. I've seen people healed. I mean radically healed of things they shouldn't have been healed of. If you leave it up to man, it's a miracle. I mean, I've seen miracles happen right in front of my eyes. I don't care what you tell me after that. You can't convince me that God's not real. You can't convince me he's not still in the healing business. You can't convince me that this Bible is not the truth. You can, tell me about, you can tell me about Buddha. You can tell me about Islam. You can tell me about all those other Bibles. And I'll ask you, show me a miracle that was founded on the word of it. Because I've seen miracles come right out of these pages. Right out of these pages right here. People healed, people saved, people's lives transformed. You can't convince me that it's not real, right? Because of a first-hand experience. You get what I'm saying? First-hand experience. No one can convince you otherwise when you have a first-hand experience. You pray. Your praise moves fear and doubt, right, to God's in control. Isn't that what we want to be? Sounds like a much better place to be, right? God's in control more than fear and doubt. I'm going to go into overtime today. Is that all right? I'll do it for free. <laughs> So your praise keeps you from negative tongues it keeps you from talking bad about the situation right as a man thinks in his heart so is he right so when you need god to intervene the last thing you need is negative tongues am i right about that you don't need negative tongues you don't need people around you speaking negative tongues proverbs 18 says life or death are in the power or the power of the tongue and those who love it shall eat the fruit thereof you'll have what you say you're going to have if you believe that right there truly believed it, get it down in, in your heart, you talk different. We'd talk different. we talk different about ourselves. we talk different about our children. we talk different about our jobs, our situations, right? I'm talking about give it to God and then praise him for it. I'm still talking about praise. We'd talk different. When you're busy praying and praising though, it keeps your tongue busy with God and with God's word and what his word says instead of the situation. It takes, it takes, your, it takes your words off of that thing. People get distracted though in church. Right? I'm talking about during the service. We get distracted. Maybe it's because the guy next door to you is talking. You follow me? A lot of us are guilty of it. We talk and people are listening around us and, and, and you get their attention off, that, off, off the service and onto that, right? Maybe it's, maybe it's uh, your mind somewhere else. What's, what's happened earlier in the week and we think we all have done this at time, from time to time. Your mind's busy on what happened earlier in the week, right? Maybe the music's too loud. Maybe you can hear me singing from the back row and you say, man, that preacher is terrible, I know I can't sing. You're not telling me any news. You won't offend me. It's like if you're telling me I'm bald or I'm fat. I already know, bud. You ain't telling me no news. I can't sing neither. But God said, make a joyful noise unto the Lord. And that's what I'm doing, and I don't care what you think of it. And if that's distracting you, that's a discipline problem. All these things. If you're being distracted by the person next to you, that's a discipline problem. When you're being distracted and you're being led into those things, that tells me that we haven't been spending enough time praising God outside of church. So when we get to church, we don't know what we're supposed to do here. So we continue to talk, and we continue to be distracted, and we continue to get into these things that we shouldn't be doing inside the church because we're doing them outside. Does that make sense? Amen. So it means we haven't been praying or praising enough in our personal life. We should come with an attitude of, I'm getting a hold of God. I'm going to have an encounter. If you've been doing it outside of here, won't you come with that? I know that if I've been getting a hold of God all week long, I know when I come in here with my brothers and sisters, the body of Christ, and we all praise, and we all do this together, God is going to show up today, yeah. and we're going to have an encounter with Almighty God, and he's going to move, and somebody's probably going to be healed. Somebody might be saved. It might be someone in my family. I'm going to get a touch from God. Would we be talking to the guy next to us? No. No. I think not. I'd think not. So we need to come with this, this, this attitude all the time of I'm going to have an encounter with God. An, an, an attitude of expectation, right? Expectation is a breeding ground for miracles. I used to say it every time we came to church. Are you ready? Did you come expecting something today? That's what we should get back to. We need to come, come back to be expecting something. When we come to church, Be expecting to come in an encounter with Almighty God. You've got an hour, hour and a half. Surely we can lay the world down for that long. We must lay ourselves down, though, and lift him up. We, have, we must decrease so that he can increase, right? Even when you don't feel like it. Even when you don't feel like it. It's a sacrifice of praise at times. But when we praise through those times, we'll have a breakthrough. We'll have a breakthrough in our life. God will show up in a mighty way. His word says, cast his cares. Cast your cares on him. Notice he's talking about cares again. Don't care about it because God does. That's what that word means right there, right? Cast your cares on God. Don't care about these cares anymore. Give them to God, and he's got it. He cares about them, so I don't have to. All I got to do is worry about what what he designed me to do was praise him. That's all I got to do is do what he designed me to do. Give him my cares, and he'll care for them. That's what that scripture says right there, isn't it? cast my cares on him it's a 24 7 state of state of mind it's not just while you're at church right we talked about the sunday etiquette earlier it's not just while you're at church the last page of notes we're about to be out of here psalms 22 and 3 god inhabits the praises of his people god inhabits it doesn't say he might show up it doesn't say he may be here it says if we all come here together if we're praising a home how many he shows up in my shower I know I can't sing, so I don't typically sing in front of people, but I do in the shower sometimes if I don't hear the kids outside the door or Brenda walking in on me, I'll sing a little bit sometimes. But he shows up even right there. Yep. And then when we all come together, if he inhabits the praises of his people, why wouldn't I praise him? Why wouldn't I want to have that encounter with him, right? In the presence, Psalm 1611 says, In the presence of the Lord is, catch that little two-letter word, is fullness of joy. How could you be worried or how could you be anxious about something when you got fullness of joy? I'm talking about fullness of joy. I'm not talking about a little bit happy. It was all right. It was pretty good. I'm talking about fullness of joy. The joy that's only found in in, in God. It's like that peace that surpasses peace that surpasses all understanding. The fullness of joy is in the same league as that. Are you following me? It's like God's standard. Getting up here, I'm talking about way above all of our standards, way above our fullness, above any joy that we could get from a man that we could make on our own. Are you following me? In his presence is fullness of joy. And he inhabits the... So if he inhabits the praises of his people and being there praising him is in his presence, I'm going to have fullness of joy. I'd be pretty foolish not to praise him. Are you following me? If you're praising him all the time, you have an attitude of praise all the time. All the time. He's going to be right there beside us through everything. He already is right here beside us through everything, right? He already lives inside of us. But it grows my faith when I do this. When I praise him all the time, are you following me? And my faith will affect my, my my, my praise will affect my faith. It will. Can you see that today in the scriptures that I've shown you? Your praise is going to affect your faith. Fact. It is going to affect your faith we have to (laughs) that's good brother David it's a fact jack he says it's a fact jack your praise is going to affect your faith it's not only going to it already has it already is currently your praise or lack thereof is affecting our faith I can't be responsible for your faith God gives you the measure of faith and faith comes by hearing and hearing and hearing who hears your praise you do between you and God are you following me? Can I get over here about it this time? Daddy, we thank you for your sweet word, Father God. I thank you that your word's infallible, Lord, and it works every time, Lord, 100% of the time, Father. And, Lord, I pray that you would just cause your word to sink in good, rich, deep soul today, Lord. Sink into our hearts, Father God. Cause it to take root, Father, and cause us to realize that we need to praise you continuously, Lord. Lay this anxiety, Lord. Lay this care down. Care not for anything your word says, Father God. Cause this word to become real in our lives, Lord, in our minds, Lord, but more importantly, become real in our hearts today, Father God. Lord, I know that this is a long ways between our between our head and our heart Father God just 18 inches or so, Lord, but it is a huge, immense amount of space, Father God. And I pray that you would compress that together today, Father God, that that I'm talking about spiritually, Lord, compress it together, Father God, that we would get our head knowledge into our heart, Father, we would understand that we need to praise you all the time, that we need to come to you in prayer and supplication, Lord, with our requests, Daddy, and then praise you and praise you and praise you and praise you, Father God, everywhere we go, Lord, that we would look different, Father God, that we would come out from among the world and be ye separate, Father God, because we have that peace. Lord, because we have your joy, Lord, in our lives, Lord, and our families would see it, Lord, and they would come to you from it, Lord, and, and, and you would just witness to this world through us, Lord. Let Your light your light shine through me, Lord, shine through this church body, Father. In Jesus' name we pray these things, Lord, and I pray that you would protect us from sin on this week, Father God. Protect us spiritually, Lord. Protect us physically, Father God. Protect us financially, Father God. Everywhere the sole of our, true, uh, that our foot treads, Lord, I pray that would belong to us, Daddy. That you would show us souls saved for your kingdom, Father. That you would draw people into this church, Lord, Grace Family Worship Center, the ones that you've called here, Lord. Your, body, your word says that you place every member in the body as it pleases you, Father. And Lord, we ask you for growth this week through our praising of you, Lord, that it would change our lives that much, Lord, that people would see around us, Lord, and turn to you, Father. Lord, we pray these things to you in Jesus' mighty name, Father. Have your way on this day. Amen.